You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Tim Beeren along with Matt Wilcom. We're grateful that you are with us. Joining us here in Southeast Minnesota, St. Charles Borromeo Catholic Church. Diocese of Winona, Rochester. And before we get to our next segment, we're again grateful that Steve Spickenruther was with us from Fargo uh, to share with us his experience with his son's passing. And we uh, certainly um, wanted to uh, be able to bring to your attention uh, the 800 number that if you or you know of somebody that could use some assistance, that is 1-800-273-8255. That is 1-800-273-8255. It's a national hotline. You're also able to chat with them through text. Uh, again, a very helpful resource, 1-800-273-8255. Very important, especially now in, in this time of the pandemic when suicide has been on the rise uh, because of uh, economic and other uh, factors regarding uh, lockdowns, whatever. Uh, a lot of things have been taken from us, and it can put pressure on people. It's been the 10th uh, leading cause of death up to COVID-19, and certainly it's on the rise. So Right. We're going to talk about a topic that will help people to realize that there is hope, there is healing, there is the love of God that's always available uh, through the Catholic Church. We're talking about a recent book, 101 Ways to Evangelize, Ideas for Helping Fearless, Fearful, and Flummoxed Catholics Share the Good News of Jesus Christ. Dr. Susan Winley Dowse from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester is on the phone Good morning, Dr. Susan Winley-Dowse. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, thanks again for being on the air with us. It's always a pleasure to have you on. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself for those who are not uh, yet familiar with you. Sure. Uh, my name is Susan Winley-Dowse, and I'm the Director of Missionary Discipleship for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Uh, prior to that, I was a college professor, uh, mostly at St. Mary's University of Minnesota, uh, for about 22 years, and um, God poked me and like evangelization, evangelization. <laughs> like people, people need something before you can teach them um, some of the details of the faith. And that's a long story, but not for today. <laughs> I'm here, and I love it. So it's, it's great to be here. Excellent. And can you talk a little bit more about our mission to evangelize as a church? And what this what this de- entails, what this demands actually from us as Catholics? Yeah, well, demands is such a such a tense word, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a positive thing. <laughs> we get to evangelize; it's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, evangelization is uh, key to who we are as church, right? I mean, Pope Paul the Sixth, now Saint Pope Paul the Sixth, um, had said is that the Church actually exists to evangelize, right? But on the other hand, that's news (laughs) to a lot of Catholics. They tend to think, um, we tend to think, like, oh, well, that's something that, you know, certain Protestant organizations do, or maybe people who are especially called to be a missionary overseas or that sort of thing. But the reality is, it's actually a call that we receive with our baptism. So it's literally every, you know, every initiated Catholic uh, and the Catholic Church has this call, and God does not give you calls unless He equips you to be able to do it. So there's really nothing to be afraid of 
in this. And I wrote the book mostly because, you know, after doing this work for a couple of years, kept running into all kinds of misunderstandings, you know, among our brothers and sisters as to what evangelization is and isn't. And I was trying to demystify it and give people uh, some ideas to know it's like, you know, it, it, sometimes it just involves in tweaking, tweaking a bit what you're already doing. Or it involves doing something entirely new, but um, you don't realize how fun it is until you begin getting into it. It's like, oh my gosh, like, why were we not doing this before? <laughs> <laughs> when you wrote so, the evangelization book... is just simply, you know, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, that, that he, he has come for us to heal us, to save us, and to lead us into eternal life. It, it's really the first message of Christianity, and we all have the possibility and joy of being able to share that with others. You certainly have a great passion for evangelization, and certainly the Lord has brought you to this position, um, and really the outpouring of the Holy Spirit continues to inflame your hearts. And I, as a pastor uh, in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, benefit greatly from your ministry. But um, specifically in referencing this book that you have authored, when you wrote it, did you give any thought to, hey, this is going to be something for an individual to read, or, or maybe this can become a book study, maybe pastoral councils can work on it? What are your thoughts about that? Um, all the above? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a really good question, actually, because I, I did envision writing the book and making it available to parishes and staff or teams, you know, whoever is really invested in the parish working with the pastor, to sort of read through it and really check off some things. It's like, you know, we could do this, we could do this. I mean, it's meant to be a sort of source for brainstorming. Having said that, I mean, it's absolutely possible for an individual to, you know, basically read the book and, you know, think, oh, wow, I I never thought that would be an evangelization moment, but I guess it is. So I'm hoping it goes either way. Dr. Susan Winley-Dowse joining us here on Real Presence Live this morning. I'm Matt Wilkham along with Father Tim Buren. We're broadcasting from the Church of St. Charles Borromeo in St. Charles, Minnesota, about 39 minutes past the hour right now. And uh, Dr. Susan, you mentioned a very important word, and that is joy. And I think that's really key to attracting people to the gospel, that we're joyful examples of this, that this is really making a difference in our lives. Uh, and, but I think a lot of Catholics may not feel like they're all that joyful. I mean, but we, we've been given so much. We've been given the fullness of the truth in the Catholic faith. We've been given the sacraments, including... Baptism, including the body, the very body and blood of the Lord in the Eucharist to nourish us on our journey. If we have all of that and we've been utilizing that, or we think that we have, but we're still maybe don't feel like we're all that joyful, what, what do we do? How do we become those, not just Catholics, but joyful Catholics? That's a really great question. And I mean, I think it's really um, timely, too, because I mean, honestly, people are, are stressed to the extreme, honestly, right? Uh, this year. So, um, I think the first thing to recognize is that joy is not always a feeling, right? (laughs) (laughs) Joy is not always a feeling. It's something a little deeper than that. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit, and it can animate who you are and how you live in a way that is deeper than your emotions, right? Now, when you get the emotional high, let's say, that, that sort of comes with living out of joy... Uh, that's fantastic, right? And people see it, and it, it's a great gift. But it doesn't mean that you can't abide in joy. 
um, even when life is extremely hard. And I know that's a strange thing to say, but, you know, the saints have said this, and I, I tend to trust them. <laughs> like like St. Therese de um would, would talk about this. I mean, she had uh, an incredible darkness towards the end of her life and a lot of physical suffering because tuberculosis, tuberculosis is a really hard way to die. Um, and yet, she would say things like, like, you know what, I'm going to write and I'm going to say and I'm going to act what I believe. She trusted the joy that she received um, throughout the rest of her life in the time that was hard. And I think that's what we need to do as well. But I think it also helps to just try to connect with and be around people who are living out of that joy. You know, even when uh, times are hard, you're not feeling it, you're questioning, it's kind of like, you know, I'm not joyful enough to do this work. Um, my experience is if I reach out to someone... Um, at all, frankly, <laughs> but, but especially somebody who I know really takes this call to live out of joy seriously. Um, it helps a great deal. It helps a great deal. So, so find those people and, uh, you know, foster ongoing relationship with them, connect with them, because where two or three are gathered, <laughs> Jesus is in their midst, and joy just seems to happen on its own. I appreciate all of what you're saying and and really as a pastor as well, enlightening the minds and the hearts of the lay faithful, taking on that responsibility to live the mission that Jesus has given and the very fact that you're reminding us that all Catholics are being called to the good news of Jesus Christ and all Catholics are being called to evangelize the mission that Jesus gave us. That is phenomenal. And you are certainly a phenomenal cheerleader in our diocese, really helping us to see that, to live it, to breathe it, to own it. Thank you. Yeah. No, well, thank you. It's, it's, it's a kind word. Um, but, you know, we have we have work to do uh, and, and ways to go on this. I mean, you probably know this, Father Baron, but uh, there's a study that came out and um, asked uh, how important evangelization was to your faith and our Protestant brothers and sisters. You know, they're way up there. <laughs> And Catholics as a whole said 3%. It's like, okay, there's an educational moment there. <laughs> there certainly is an educational moment. 100%. So, yes. Yeah, we have work to do. We certainly do. One of the things I've noticed, at least here, I can speak from our experiences in southern Minnesota, is that with our churches having an opportunity, again, to be open, starting with Pentecost and Certainly not all churches were ready to do that yet, but um, we, interestingly enough, even though the Protestants are well ahead of the evangelization right now, I really sense uh, some of these brothers and sisters are actually uh, shaming the church for trying to be open and trying to be able to reach people mm -hmm. through the sacramental life of the church. Any experience on that? Again, we have a lot of brothers and sisters that um, are in these other churches, of, certainly who, who are called to love. Of course, I don't mean anything negative in that regard. But have you noticed mm -hmm. any of that? Yeah, you know, I honestly try to ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that um, I, I have noticed some of it, but I don't know. We're, we're in such a difficult time, honestly, right now, is that my best self, at least, tries to give everybody involved uh, quite a bit of grace. Uh, lots of people are trying to just do the best they can with situations that we really couldn't have imagined would befall us. I do think that um, our Protestant brothers and sisters, you know, 
but by definition, do not understand how key it is to receive the Eucharist, right? They, they just have an entirely different understanding of the Lord's Supper. And that drives, I think, Catholics and certainly the parishes to um, gather together in whatever way is safe and possible to make that available um, to the people, because we know that it's the source and summit of our faith, and we know it's also part of the key to helping us survive this pandemic, to be perfectly honest, right? Uh, that, that grace is just so necessary for us as Catholics to live in really hard times. And it's not just for us, it's for everybody that we're around. So, I mean, that's a reality. Um, like I say, I, I just try to give people a lot of grace and, and focus on what we do agree upon and um, try to be in continued relationship with people so, you know, possibly there's an opening to looking at things differently in the future. Speaking this morning with Dr. Susan Windley Doust, who is the director of the Office of Missionary Discipleship for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, uh, here on Real Presence Live. We're going to take a quick little break. And on the other side, Dr. Susan, we're going to talk to you a little bit more about this recent book you wrote, 101 Ways to Evangelize. You're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilkham, along with Father Tim Buren. There's more on the other side. Stay with us. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. In today's crowded higher education field, there's one university whose quality and personal care stands out from the crowd, the University of Mary. The University of Mary offers truly affordable, flexible adult education because your success is our priority. Here, you matter, and we're with you every step of the way to make sure you succeed. Choose a university community that cares about you as a student for life. Discover us at online.umary.edu slash discovermary. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street in the new Diocesan Building or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Not Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible. and We hope the future brings you here, close to home at mountmarty.edu. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network. 
bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. It's live. It's local. It's what radio should be. I'm Matt Wilkham along with Father Tim Beard. It's Real Presence Live. And we're speaking this morning with Dr. Susan Windley-Dowse from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. She's the Director of the Office of Missionary Discipleship. We're talking about evangelization and the importance of it. First of all, welcome Dr. Susan Windley-Dowse back to the show. Thank you. And uh, we uh, wanted to highlight this wonderful book that you just wrote. Uh, It looks like you've gotten really prayed up here lately because the Holy Spirit has been active in your in your in your life and through your pen in writing this book 101 ways to evangelize ideas for helping fearless fearful and flummoxed catholics share the good news of jesus christ i love that subtitle um talk a little bit about the book what what was the inspiration for it Uh, why did you write this book sure um well, I ended up writing it, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, really out of the experience of, you know, doing this work uh, within the diocese for the past two years. And people really misunderstanding uh, what evangelization is. Uh, and so I thought, well, there are actually a lot of books out there that really help in terms of what is evangelization, nice little primers, you know, certainly there are all kinds of documents that come out of the Vatican that are worth reading and a good read. Uh, but what people really had difficulty doing was visualizing what evangelization looks like in their lives and in their parishes, right? It was all very theoretical uh, that people were sort of repeating back to me, it's like, I just don't even know how we get people on board with something like this. So I realized People need to picture this. They simply need to picture this, what this looks like in their lives, right, with their family and their workplaces and so forth, and also within their parishes. Like, and they don't have to do everything. Everybody's called to, you know, mostly do one thing. <laughs> and if they actually just saw what it could be, uh, maybe that would make it just so much easier for people to embrace the term and recognize that this is uh, great and not something to be afraid of. It might push you a little bit outside of your comfort zone, but people I know who, who do this on a regular basis, you know, we were talking about it uh, before the break. It's like there's so much joy that comes with this. I mean, I get super excited when I get to go out of the office and, you know, do direct evangelization within the diocese. It's just awesome. So... It's a, it's a picture-it book and 101 different ways to do it. What I would like to ask you about is that specific tagline. Uh, you, you spoke a little bit about that just now, but just going back to that specific tagline, identity of fearful, because again, because of the time that we're living in currently, uh, those that are fearful... Uh, again, let's go to the heart of that of, of that particular title to encourage those that are fearful and how this book can assist them. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good question. And where does fear come from when you come right down to it? There's some fear that's completely legitimate. It's sort of a natural reaction to keeping yourself out of danger. So we have a healthy fear of fire, for example, right? <laughs> it's like, don't get too close because you can get burned and seriously hurt. That's fine. That's, you know, a natural reaction. But when we're fearful of something that God has told us is actually good, 
and is given to us as a call, there's something else going on, right? So the book was written in part to try to take some of the fear away because knowledge is one of those things that will help a great deal. You know, what are you getting into? People get afraid when they think that it's bigger or more or more frightening than, you know, it, 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 it truly is. This is simpler than most people make it out to be. Um, and, you know, we do have to deal with the whole reality of a lot of people hear the word evangelization and they either think of a TV televangelist and they don't have a good association with that, or they think of somebody on a soapbox, um, you know, uh, that is literally yelling at people and saying, no, that, that's not evangelization, that's harassment. <laughs> There's a real difference here. So, yeah, I mean, I think this book actually could help in terms of addressing people's um, fears and recognizing that they're just not base. They're kind of baseless, right? So it's like I'm not trying to be mean to people. I'm just getting people to sort of look more closely at what they're afraid of, and that evangelization is not what they're afraid of. Right? They're afraid of something that is a misunderstanding. Uh, the description here I'm reading on this book, 101 Ways to Evangelize. Uh, talks about how the answers to questions uh, about how to go about evangelizing, practical advice, and creative ideas to get you started. Can you share with us a few, uh, maybe a couple of those uh, uh, tips that you have in in the book as a, a little taste? Yeah. Um, wow, there's a bunch. I mean, there's 101 of them. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I have it broken down into categories that um, people may think about, and uh, it starts with three ideas that are kind of the base of everything else that happens um, about, you know, how do you learn to invite people to an event, to Mass, to considering, you know, coming to a Bible study. I mean, that, that art of invitation is really important. Uh, being learning how to share your story in a very short time frame, and that's just basically answering the question, you know, why are you a Christian, right? And coming up with something a little better than saying, well, you know, my mom and dad were, and I was baptized, so here I am. I mean, that's part of it, but it's not the most essential part of it. Um, you know, some of the more creative things in there, you know, I keep using this because I wish somebody would do it, but, uh, you know, actually doing something like Shakespeare in the park, only don't do Shakespeare, do the Gospel of Mark. Um, The Gospel of Mark was actually created um, out of an oral tradition. Some people know this. And it can be basically performed from start to finish in about an hour and a half. And uh, if you haven't seen this, you can look this up on YouTube. People have done this before. So, why do you do that in the park and actually let everybody in town know, you know, free production, get some of your best theater people to get on this, and I bet you will get people there who actually have not heard the gospel the whole way through before. Lots of Catholics haven't sat down and read the gospel the whole way through before, and it's incredibly powerful. And how do you follow up on that? It's kind of like at the end of it, you say, oh, well, guess what? We're going to do it. We're going to do a Bible study on Mark at this church, and it's free, and we have donuts or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, do some kind of follow-up. You could do things like that, right? Uh, you could do things like, um, oh, I don't know, like lots of places have races, 
marathons, you know, 5Ks, that sort of thing. You know, get a, uh, a priest or a deacon who's so inclined to go out there and do a blessing of the shoes. <laughs> it's like, really? It's like, well, you have to do the blessing of the shoes in a way that sort of is very um, inviting and invites people to find out more. You can't. You don't have a lot of time. People who are racing are really focused on the race. But it's a nice touch. It's kind of getting yourself out there and letting people know that you're available for conversation in different ways, whether you are a priest or a lay person. You know, would it be so um, horrible or frightening to offer a short Bible study uh, before your workplace starts on Monday morning? And anybody who wanted to come for 30 minutes, you know, just, just a short reading, you know, read it and have some conversation about it with your first cup of coffee, and then you go to work. I mean, is that really that hard? Would that really be that offensive to anybody? I mean, maybe your workplace would not allow it, but I'll bet a lot would if you weren't on um, work time, right? So things like that. Um, working with your family. You know, how do you have conversations with people who are falling away Catholics within your own families? Um, that would be most families I know, right? Have a brother or a sister or a child. Um, there are ways to do that. You don't need to just sit there and wring your hands. You can have these conversations where you just simply ask, you know, I'd really like to know why you don't come. It's like, and I promise to listen and not, uh, you know, not say anything back. It's like, I want to know because I care about you. I mean, hopefully, if they share their story, if they're comfortable doing that, then you'll also be given the opportunity to share your story as to why you believe that it's really important um, to be connected to the Church, because that is where we find our Lord and the love and meaning and all of that. So, lots of ideas. Uh, fantastic. I love it. St. Mark in the Park. I'm going to get my family involved in this, I think. We're going to go over to the park and maybe do a scene or two. Um, Quickly, uh, we just have a few seconds, Dr. Talk to me about it, because I've got a couple people interested. (laughs) Oh, great. Uh, Where can people find the book? Um, Amazon. It's also published by Grace Watch Media, but you can find it most easily on Amazon as a Kindle or a paperback. And, of course, if people want to get a hold of you, they can go to our diocesan website, dowr.org, under the uh, Missionary Discipleship tab. Dr. Susan Windley-Doust, thank you so much for joining us here on Real Presence Live. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Father Beard. Absolutely. God bless you. Up next, hear what's on our hearts and minds when we return with Real Presence Live. Stay tuned. <laughs> 